going to get to preach this morning. If you could turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, the 27th chapter and the 32nd chapter. Genesis chapter 27. And I want to say as you're turning there that you can find in the vestibule details about our angel tree gift ministry that we will be participating uh, in again uh, yet this year, 2016. Uh, a wonderful opportunity to reach out to, uh, to children who are in need at this time of year, particularly children of those who have been incarcerated. And uh, they would love to provide their children with a Christmas, a good Christmas. And many times because of the circumstances are unable to do so, Angel Tree steps in and helps. And we're going to be participating in that again this year. Uh, looking forward to that. We've received so many positive uh, responses from families who have been blessed by this ministry. And we look forward to doing that. So you can find more details about that in the vestibule. We encourage you to look into that. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. We're thankful that you're here this morning. We're glad to have all of our guests with us. Let's give all of our guests a great big hand. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. And you only come one time as a guest. After that, we just claim you and make you part of the family. So we're thankful that you are here today. And in this season of thanksgiving and reflection upon the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we truly are thankful, as Brother Jordan said, to be able to feel the presence of God. How many feel his presence this morning in his, in his house? Amen. Genesis chapter 27. I want to begin reading at the first verse. It came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. He said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, thy bow. Go out to the field and take me some venison and make me savory meat such as I love. And bring it to me that I may eat. That my soul may bless thee before I die. Verse number 18. And Jacob came unto his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. Jacob said, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me arise. I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. Verse or chapter number 32 and verse 24. Chapter 32, verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? At one point in his life, he said, my name is Esau. But he's at a different place in life. And he said, my name is Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him, and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. By the help of God, I would like to preach this morning on the subject entitled, The Blessing of God and the Blessing of Man. The Blessing of God and the Blessing of Man. Let's go to the Lord together in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, you are great. And you are greatly to be praised. 
We love you in this moment, God. We love your presence that fills this house. We feel, we feel you in this place. You are close to us. You are near to us. Hallelujah. Can we just reach out to him, saints of God? Just reach out to him one more time. Just reach out to him. We can feel the nearness of your presence, Lord. We seek after you, God, and we have found you. We thank you in Jesus' name for your blessing upon this house, upon these people. I pray in Jesus' name that your word would come forth with power. Hallelujah. With boldness. Hallelujah. With compassion, with accuracy. In the name of Jesus, I pray that each of us will leave this place having heard from the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. My prayer, my goal in delivering this message to you this morning is that somehow somebody would be persuaded to pursue the blessings of the Lord. That someone would be persuaded to lay aside their efforts at achieving the blessing of man. Now, the Bible describes that there is this reality where one can incur favor with God and favor with man, that it is possible. We read about it in this passage of Scripture that Jacob wrestled and as a prince had power with God and had power with man. It is possible. There is this reality that it can be, but it must happen in the proper order. You cannot seek first the blessing of man and hope to achieve the blessing of God. But it is possible to receive the blessing of God and from that, one day eventually and maybe not right away, you can receive the blessing of man. But we want to talk a little bit about the blessing of the Lord that is eternal, that is full of power, that never ceases to make rich and add no sorrow. And then the blessing of man that is fickle, Finite. So often is it given and then removed. So often is it allowed and along with it come many strings attached to it. There is the blessing of the Lord and then there is the blessing of man. I want to persuade somebody's soul in the name of Jesus to pursue the blessing of the Lord. I hope that in this day of materialism and in this hour of, of selfish greed, in this hour of lustful envy, in this hour where covetousness reigns supreme, I hope and pray somebody will leave this house saying, I want the blessing of God in my life. If the whole world turns against me, I'm all right if I have the blessing of the Lord. If nothing turns out the way I had hoped it would turn out, I'm all right. I'm all right if I have the blessing of the Lord. To know what the blessing of the Lord is and to be able to reject the blessing of man, one will have to understand that the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. God literally looks upon the wisdom of this world and says it is all foolishness. 
And we have to understand, folks, that that is so true. This wisdom of this world, the Bible says, is earthly, devilish, sensual. But the wisdom that is from above, oh, hallelujah, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, without partiality, without hypocrisy. I'm talking, ladies and gentlemen, about a a way that is higher than your ways. Thoughts that are higher than your thoughts. Oh, glory. A highway called holiness. Holiness isn't even something that you can achieve with the logic of this world. Some folks think that holiness is on the right. Some folks think that holiness is on the left. And some folks think that holiness is the middle of the road. The Bible says nothing about it being on the right or to the left or even the middle of the road. The Bible says it's a highway. A highway called holiness. You can't even get there with your flesh. You have to humble yourself before the mighty God. You have to be surrendered in your soul to the word of God. Your heart has to be pliable in his hands. Oh, I wish I could get somebody to take a trip with me to the potter's wheel and let him work you into the masterpiece. He has always planned you to be. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The blessing of the Lord. I thanked God this past week for things because the whole focus of our nation was on the ideal of thanksgiving. And everybody took time off to celebrate perhaps with family, friends, traveled to some place, and they all had their family favorites, food I'm speaking of, on the table, and they, and they thanked the Lord for family, for friends, And for food that was set before them. And the worst part of the whole meal was when you finished. Because now you realize that that, that in just a matter of minutes, and depending on how hungry you were, it probably was just a matter of a few minutes, and you were filled to the max. And then, of course, now there's shopping to do. Big time shopping, starting at... I don't know, they're starting earlier and earlier anymore. 3 p.m., 4 p.m., 8 p.m., midnight, stay up all night, get up at 4 in the morning. Deals, 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 deals. But as I think about what I'm thankful for this morning, it, it, it really does occur to me that the things I'm thankful for are the blessings of the Lord. Now, we are grateful for everything God has given us, but I'm going to tell you how how. The blessing of the Lord operates. Proverbs 10 and 20 says that the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. There are some people who are blessed beyond measure and have very little when it comes to materialistic things. But they are blessed and they are made rich. That's because just as the Foolishness or the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. The riches of this world many times is poverty to God. And many times those that are poor in spirit are rich in God's eyes. And when we understand that the blessing of the Lord is not what you may call a blessing. But you seek after his blessing and not after the blessing of man. You will find true peace. True contentment. One of the most valuable things you can own is contentment. One of the most valuable commodities on this earth, because it is so rare, is peace. I mean real peace. I'm talking about peace that comes even in the midst of the storm. There can be peace to overcome you and overtake you overwhelm you and comfort you even when things are going wrong and ladies and gentlemen you can have the finest of cars the finest of homes applaud from every sector in society 
and not have peace. I'm not talking about peace like this world gives. Jesus made a distinction. He said, my peace I give unto you. Not as this world giveth, give I unto you. You got to understand, for every blessing of the Lord, there is a worldly counterfeit. And you must be wise and discerning to avoid the counterfeit. If you want peace, be clear, you want the peace of God. Because the peace of God, nothing can take that away from you. Doesn't matter what report comes from the doctor, the peace of God is in you. I didn't say there wouldn't be times where you'd be concerned. I didn't say there would be time, wouldn't be times that you would be anxious and concerned about the outcome. But I have come to tell you that even in those moments, you will find that he is the prince, hallelujah, of your peace. And that it is a peace that passes all understanding. Understanding of this world would tell you that you should be fearful, but you have peace. Understanding from this world would tell you you should be doubtful, but you have peace. Understanding from this world tells you that you should be paranoid. But you have peace because this is a peace from God. This isn't a blessing of man. This is a blessing of the Lord. And it comes from above. The Bible describes that the Lord has set before Israel blessing and a curse. In the book of Deuteronomy, the Lord said, I set before you blessing and a curse. If you obey my commandments, you will have blessing in your life. If you do not obey my commandments, you will have a curse in your life. I want to preach to somebody this morning and let you know that the good things that have come your way have come from the blessing of the Lord. And those things that have complicated your life to such a dysfunctional degree, those things have come from curses. And the blessing of man many times without the blessing of God is just that, a curse. I've decided I don't want a gift if it doesn't come from God. I've decided I don't want a blessing if it doesn't come from God. Every good and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I only want the blessings of the Lord. I don't want the blessings of man. The blessings of man come with all sorts of confusion. The blessings of man come with all sorts of complication. If it's not attached to the blessing of God in my life, then I don't want it in my life. I only want the blessing of the Lord. Psalm 24 and verse number 3 describes this man who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place. He that hath clean hands... And a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. From the book of Malachi, chapter 3, and verse number 8, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation's. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. I have learned that whatever I have need of, I can call upon God and he will provide that need unto me. 
I have given the Lord amounts, particular amounts that I was in need of. And the Lord would provide it. Sometimes he provided it in ways I still don't know where it came from. I still don't know who gave it to me. It was anonymously given, and I don't know. I wonder if it was an angel of the Lord, because I've even asked around, does anybody know who blessed me with this blessing? And the only one who seems to know anything about it is God. But I have learned at this age in my life that if you have a need, you can call upon the Lord, and he will bless you. But you have to learn and decide that you're going to depend upon his blessings. You can't mix the blessings of God with the blessings of man. You have to learn and lean upon the blessings of God. The blessings of God. The blessings of God. The blessings of God. Now he can move upon a man to bless you. The Bible says give unto the Lord and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom but we don't want it to come or originate from man we want it to originate with God the blessing of the Lord now this man by the name of Jacob was quite an interesting character in the Bible his name Jacob tells you everything you need to know about him he received this name when he was born from his mother's womb, he came forth. He was a twin to Esau. Esau comes out of the womb first, but not without his brother. His brother was holding on to his heel as if to say, get back down in here and let me out first. I know what comes to the person who first born, and I want it, I want it, I want it. Get back down in here. And to no avail, Esau came storming out of the womb, and Jacob was left as a quote heel holder unquote his parents literally looked at that whole little episode and said now that is the craziest thing we shall name him heel holder we shall name him supplanter a little more sinister look at it we shall name him cheater we shall name him liar we shall name him the one who will do what he's got to do to get what he wants. And that's how his life was lived out. He lived up to his name. And Jacob began to look for little ways to gain advantage. Little ways to get ahead. In fact, one day Esau was coming in from the field. He is unsuccessful in his efforts at hunting game. And Jacob sat there just stirring soup pottage Esau comes up and says give me some of your pottage I was unsuccessful in the field Jacob said I was counting on that I thought you might come to me looking for something to eat and so he said I will give you a bowl of soup he said how much is soup going for these days he said everything you own I want your birthright he had him where he wanted him he was starving Jacob knew that he was starving, that he was famished, that he was hungry, that he would do anything for this bowl of soup. And so he said, I will give you a bowl of soup if you will give me your birthright. And Esau said, that's low, but I'll do it. I'm hungry. Some of y'all on Thanksgiving Day would have done the same thing. You know you would have. You can have everything I own. Just give me that, what's on that table. And Jacob said, I will give you this bowl of soup if you give me your birthright. And the Bible says that Esau made the transaction. Jacob now has the birthright. Fast forward a little bit. And you see Jacob practicing the same methods. And we learn where he probably got it from. He probably got it from his mother. Because Isaac told Esau, Esau, go out into the field and get me venison a deer and, and, and make some venison. It's my favorite meal. You know what I like. Go dress the deer for me. Bring it back. Prepare me something to eat. And let me eat of this food that you have prepared. And so Rebecca heard it. She said to Jacob, why don't you just go do it instead? In fact, I got meat right here. And I'll prepare the meal. We'll act like you went out into the field. We'll actually act like you are Esau. Because you know Isaac can't see anything anymore. 
And if Isaac can't see anything, then we can dress you up like Esau. We can put even hair on your arms like Esau has. We can even kind of manufacture the scent of the field and let you walk into Isaac's room and pretend that you're Esau and you can get the blessing. I mean, you've already got the birthright. Jacob thought it sounded like a great idea too. And he did that. He walks into Isaac's room. And Isaac cannot see. His eyes have waxed dim. And so he doesn't know who's walking into the room. Jacob steps in and says, hey, Dad, how you doing? And he sounds just like Jacob. And Isaac said, I'm doing all right. Now, which son is this? And Jacob, with Jacob's voice, said, I'm Esau. And Isaac said, uh, well, that's strange. You sound an awful lot like Jacob. See, his eyes were bad. But his ears were just fine. He said, um, what do you want, Jacob he, or Esau? Esau, what do you want, Esau? He said, I, um, I just want the, I, I'm ready for the blessing. I want you to bless me now. He said, well, the blessing uh, is fine. But he said, uh, have you prepared the food I told you to prepare? A little test to see if Esau just had a little laryngitis. Or if it was Jacob pretending to be Esau. But sure enough, Jacob had the food that he had asked for. He brings the food to Isaac, sets it in front of him. Isaac tastes the food. His eyes were bad, but his taste was just fine. It, was, it tasted like the food he had ordered, that he had prepared, that he had asked to be prepared for him. He said... Uh, Everything been going all right, Esau? And he just kind of rubbed his arm a little bit. Because Jacob didn't have much hair on his arms. And Esau had a lot of hair on his arms. And Jacob thought ahead and had prepared to put hair on his arms. And he, Isaac thought, my goodness, he, he feels like Esau. See, his eyes were bad, but his hearing was fine, his taste was fine, and his touch was fine. Then he said, why don't you come close so I can bless you? And when he got close, he just kind of sniffed. See if he smelled like Esau. Because Jacob smelled like the inside of the house, and Esau smelled like the field. But Jacob went out to Bass Pro Shop and got him some of that outdoor field cologne. He came prepared. And Isaac kind of sniffed, and he, sure enough, he smelled like Esau. See, his eyes were bad. But his taste was fine, his hearing was fine, his touch was fine, and his smell was fine. Jacob was able to deceive a man of God. Just because one area of sensitivity was lacking. All other senses were fine. He could touch, he could taste, he could hear, he could smell. But because he couldn't see. Jacob managed to manipulate Isaac into blessing him. I've come to tell somebody today, it is easy to deceive man into blessing you. I'm going to take it a step further. It's easy to deceive a man of God into blessing you. Isaac was a son of promise. Isaac was a man of God. Isaac had all of his faculties in perfect order but one. His eyes had waxed dim. And because of one area of sensitivity that was a little bit off, he gave the blessing to the wrong person. If you are hoping to achieve the blessing of man, it won't be hard to do it. All you've got to do is put on a little show. All you've got to do is play the hypocrite. All you've got to do is wear the facade. All you've got to do is put a little hair on your arms and, and, and prepare the kind of food that they like and, and come in with, it doesn't matter what they hear, what they taste, what they touch. The fact that they can't see you will give you a leg up and you'll be able to deceive even people of God. That's how the blessing of man operates. The blessing of man just throws blessings out on people whom God hasn't blessed. The blessing of God, man will be cast out upon people whom God has even cursed. But here Jacob had learned it. He came in and said, I'm Esau when he wasn't Esau. So you just say you're something that you're not. 
Just go ahead and say that you are loving when you're not loving. Man will believe you. Say that you're holy when you're not holy. Man will believe you. Say that you are sincere when you're not sincere. Man will believe you. It's easy to get man to bless you. It's easy to deceive people. It's easy to get what you want when you're looking for the blessing of man. But I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't matter how many men bless you. It will never replace the blessing of the Lord. It doesn't matter how many people you fool, how many people you manipulate, how many people you deceive, how many people you trick. You have got to understand that there is one who sees all. There is one who knows all. His eye, his ear is not short. His arm is not short. And his eye, hallelujah, is not unable to see. He can reach you. He can understand you. He can relate to you. He knows the thoughts and the intents of your heart. He knows everything you're thinking. He knows everything you wish you could think. He knows why you thought it. He knows you better than you know yourself. You can't put on a facade with God. You can't trick God. You can't deceive God. You can't act like something you're not and manipulate God. You may manipulate everybody around you, but you can't manipulate God. If he forgives you, he forgives you full well knowing what you did. If he lets you into heaven, he lets you into heaven knowing everything about you. From the time you were formed in your mother's womb until now, he knows everything there is to know about you. That's who you want to bless you. Jacob had achieved the blessing of Isaac. But, but, but even with that blessing, he had no peace. Even with that blessing, there was no, there was no contentment. There was no sense of, there was no sense of, of, of being at one with God. This was supposed to be the climactic achievement. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why there are a lot of rich people who do take their lives. Because they have managed everything this world says will bring you happiness. They have achieved everything that this world says will give you hope. And when they get to that point, there's nothing there. When they arrive at that place, it's not what they thought it would be. And they become, they become hopeless, despondent, despairing. They're not sure of what tomorrow will hold. Because this was supposed to be the cure-all. This was supposed to be the end-all. But that's not how the blessing of man works. The blessing of man will leave you empty. The blessing of people will leave you wishing and longing for more. Only the blessing of the Lord makes rich. Only the blessing of the Lord brings contentment. Only the blessing of the Lord brings faith into your life. And so Jacob walks away from Isaac's house fearful, doubtful, uncertain, running for his life. And when he gets to this place, he doesn't know what to do because... The blessing was what he had lived for. The praise of man. The blessing of man. And it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. So we read from Genesis chapter 32. One of the great accounts of the scripture. When Jacob had just received news. That he was going to meet with Esau again. The last time he saw Esau. Esau had vowed I will kill you. Because you have taken not only my birthright, but you have taken my blessing as well. Now Jacob is going to meet him again and he is concerned. Word has reached him that Esau is coming with 400 men. That does not sound good. And Jacob knows exactly what this means. I'm going to tell you something about the blessing of the Lord. This is one of the reasons you want it. Though war should rise against you. My heart will not fear. Though an host should encamp against me, in this will I be confident that the Lord is my light and the Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. It doesn't matter who tells you what. Somebody could come to you and say, there's a host of 400 warriors coming to your house tomorrow and the last time you heard from them, they said they were going to kill you. 
This is where the peace that passes all understanding would come in handy. And Jacob didn't have the peace that passes all understanding because while he had achieved the blessing of man, he had not achieved the blessing of God. And so Jacob goes out for a stroll. And while he's going out for a stroll, he was left alone. And somewhere, from some place, leaps a man. Like tackles him. Throws him down into the waters of the Jabbok River. They are wrestling around in the waters of the Jebuk River. Jacob doesn't even know who this guy is. And the guy doesn't, isn't reaching for his wallet. He's just trying to hurt him. He's actually not even trying to kill him. He's just trying to hurt him. Jacob is thinking, who are you? He wrestles all night long. The Bible says until the breaking of the day. And this guy wrestling with Jacob touched the hollow of his thigh. He disjointed his leg. He wounded him so bad Jacob was unable to walk with his leg. And, and this was the kind of wrestling match that was going on. In fact, it got so bad that the, the man who attacked him said, let me go. <laughs> Jacob said, you're the one that jumped on me. You mean let you go. But Jacob had come to an understanding that he was wrestling with something bigger than him. He was wrestling with something that was bigger than his family. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know what you're wrestling with today. But I can tell you that God is trying to put you in a position where he can bless you. You have been looking for blessings from people. You have been looking for praises of people. You have been trying to position yourself so that people would applaud you. So that people would bless you. And God has got you in a position where you're going to be blessed by him when this is over with. But there's an easy way out. And you can always take an easy way out. All you've got to do is quit. All you've got to do is give up. Just like you have throughout your life. Just quit. But if you hold on to God. I said if you hold on to God. You're going to receive a blessing when this thing is over with. I've gone through some trials in my life where I could have taken the easy way out. But it dawned on me. No. Hold on to God and fight through to the bitter end. Even though it hurts. Even though it's painful. Even though you're wounded. Fight on. Wrestle on. Press on. Because I didn't come this far to leave without a blessing. You better hear me. If I'm going to limp, I'm going to be blessed. If I'm going to walk around with a wound, I'm going to be blessed. I didn't wrestle all night long just to let this slip from my fingers. I'm going to learn what I was supposed to learn from this. I'm going to glean what I was supposed to glean from this. You can always take the easy way out. You can always slip out, throw in the towel, give up, quit. Stop serving God, but you will never achieve his blessing. Jacob wrestled on and said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And that, that man, the Bible says it was a man. We think it was an angel. Some have said it was a Christophany, a theophany. Like God manifested in some form because he wrestled with God, the Bible says. He wrestled with God until the breaking of the day. And this is what, this is the way the conversation went. Let me go. No, I will not let you go until you bless me. Bless me now. Bless me now. Bless me now. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. He said, bless me now. I won't let you go till you bless me. And then the response came. What is your name? Here is the critical moment. What is your name? He had been asked this before. To achieve the blessing of man, all he had to do was answer what man wanted him to answer. 
What is your name? I'm whatever you want me to be. I'll be exactly as you hope. I'll be Esau if that's who you really want to talk to. I'll be your favorite kind of person. I'll figure out what you want from me and then I'll mimic that type of an individual. But don't play that game with God. When God asks you who you are, he already knows the answer to the question. He's asking because he's giving you a chance to be honest. Maybe for the first time in your life. Can I preach to somebody this morning? Maybe for the first time in your life, he's giving you a chance to be honest about who you are. You have pretended to be one thing, acted like another, put on a show, tried to make everybody think something about you, when God knows and you know the whole time that's not who you are what is your name now you got to understand in Acts chapter 2 Peter was preaching to a bunch of Jews and Israelites who had been responsible for crucifying the Lord John chapter 12 describes that Jesus would preach to the Jews And that the Jews believed on him. Many believed on him. Many heard him and said it is true. They believed on him, but they would not confess him. But the reason they would not confess him is because they feared the Pharisees. They knew that if they confessed Jesus, that the Pharisees would come on them, down on them with such a self-righteous indignation. And the Bible says that they loved the praises of men more than the praises of God. And they were more concerned about what people thought of them than they were about what God thought of them. And so Peter was preaching to that group in Acts chapter 2. This group who cried crucify him when they didn't want him crucified. But they cried crucify him because they knew the person next to them wanted them to shout crucify him. They were part of a mob mentality. Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. Peter on the day of Pentecost exposed it and said you have taken him by wicked hands. You have crucified him and you have slain him. And they looked at him as he preached this word to them. And finally when he had preached it to such a point he said therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that this same Jesus whom you have crucified God has made him both Lord and Christ now when they heard this they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do what do we do when we've been a hypocrite What do we do when we have tried to get the blessing of man and we could care less about the blessing of God? What what do we do? What do we do when we have been sinners? What do we do when we have been fake? What do we do when we have been false? What What shall we do? Then that's when Peter said unto them, repent. The first thing you do is repent. We see an example of this. In the book of Genesis chapter 32. Because when the Lord, the angel of the Lord, the man, the mysterious man, wrestled Jacob down into the Jabbok River. He said, what is your name? If Jacob had tried to bend slick and say, Esau. The wrestling match would have stopped right there. You're lying again. If he had tried to bend slick and come up with some other name, Frank. Don't you know me? I'm your old buddy Bob. The wrestling match would have stopped right there. But because he was honest. And don't you know it was painful. I am Jacob. I am heel holder. I am supplanter. I am cheater. I am liar. I'm the one who looks to gain advantage at every turn of the road. I'm the one who manipulates everybody I come in contact with. I'm the one who will cheat you as soon as look at you. I am Jacob. If you'll be honest about who you are, God can do something with you. 
But if you keep hiding behind that self-righteous camouflage, you're never going to get anywhere with God. You'll have to be content with the blessings of man. And blessings of man won't take you to heaven. The blessings of man won't give you victory. The blessings of man won't give you peace of mind. The blessings of man won't give you contentment in your spirit. you got to get honest with God and stop pretending like you're going to deceive God. Some of you walked up into this house this morning thinking that you're going to deceive God. Don't you know that he knows everything about you already? Just be honest with him. I am Joel. This is who I am. I'm responsible for everything I've done. Repent. Repent. When he wrestled down into the waters of the Jabbok River, it was a type of baptism. I mean, that, that, that angel was baptizing him. Get down underneath there. It wasn't sprinkling, folks. It was total immersion. <laughs> Glory. And you know what? When Jacob came up, his name was changed. <laughs> Glory. That's what happens when you're baptized in Jesus' name. You go down, Joel. You come up in the newness of Jesus Christ. I don't know who you are, what you've done, or what your name will turn up in a, in a search, history, whatever it is you've got in your background, whatever you got in your baggage, whatever skeletons you got in your closet, go get your skeletons together. Go get your baggage together. Go get all that stuff you got locked away in the trunk. Put it in this water. Bury it in the name of Jesus. And the old man will die. And a new man will rise to walk. In newness of life. This isn't some doctrinal triviality. This isn't some kind of a little squabble over what formula we should use in baptism. This isn't some kind of a debate. The debate was settled in Acts chapter 2. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. If God can admit, get you to admit that you're Jacob, then God can put his name on you. He can cover you, covered with his blood, covered by his name, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Uh, I'm not who I used to be. I'm not who that... Uh, listen, he might have been Jacob in Genesis 27. He might have been Jacob in Genesis 28. He might have been Jacob in Genesis 29. He might have been Jacob in Genesis 30. He might have been heel holder in Genesis 29. He might have been cheater in Genesis 28. He might have been supplanter and liar in Genesis 30. He might have been manipulator in Genesis 31. But in Genesis 32, he came to an old-fashioned altar and he confessed who he was. And he went down in the waters. And when he came up out of the waters, he had a new name. His name isn't cheater anymore. His name isn't liar anymore. His name isn't heel holder anymore. And you wonder why folks shout. You wonder why folks clap their hands. You wonder why folks lift their voice. You wonder why folks sing for joy. It's because they remember that day where the question came, what is your name? And they struggled. They struggled. Listen, listen. We need to preach repentance more. We're growing up in a Christian culture where repentance is not prevalent. People don't struggle with sin anymore. They just do it. And they've learned, just do the sin. Put hair on your arms. We don't call it hair on our arms. Now we call it Sunday go to meeting clothes. Just put the hair on your arms. Bring the right dish. Come on, somebody. Spray a little bit out in the field cologne on. Spray a little praise perfume on. 
You walk in and nobody in this house will know who you are, what you've been up to, what you've been doing, who you've been doing it to, and the kind of problems and chaos you're causing because you've learned how to deceive man into blessing you. You've learned how to manipulate man into giving you his approval, into giving you her approval, and they shower blessings on you. You can get all that blessing you want. You can have it. I don't want man's blessing. I want the blessing of the Lord. It's the blessing of the Lord that maketh it's the blessing of the Lord that addeth no sorrow. I want the blessing of my God. He'll send his angels. Hallelujah. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I want the blessing of God in my life. Hallelujah. Come on, get the hair off your arms. Get the hair off your arms. Throw the dinner, throw the, throw the venison away. And go to a Jabbok River and tell God who you really are. And let him wrestle you down into humility and surrender and submission. What is your name? Who are you? Stop lying to God. Stop lying to the Holy Ghost. And tell me who you really are, the Lord says. Bury your face in your hands. And tell God who you really are. Put your face in this altar. We need tear-stained altars again. I'm talking about altars where, where, where you can tell folks have been weeping. Altars where you can tell folks have been struggling. Altars where you can tell folks have been wrestling with God. Hallelujah. I feel like preaching. Listen, we don't have Sunday night service. Can I preach a little bit to you? Because I fear some are slipping into a casual Christianity. A Christianity without crying. A Christianity without weeping. A Christianity without the fear of God. A Christianity without remorse. A Christianity without repentance. A Christianity without surrender. Without humility. Without, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. A Christianity where folks just simply sin and act like they're not sinning. No, sir. No, ma'am. You need to lay it down at the foot of the cross. Lay it down at the foot of the cross. Come on, somebody. You can trick the greeter. You can trick the other greeter. You can trick the other greeter. You can trick the usher. You can trick the other usher. You can trick the Sunday school teacher. You can trick the musicians. You can trick the singers. You can even trick your spouse. You can even trick your kids. You can even trick your parents. You can even trick the preacher. But you can't trick God. You can't fool God. You can't manipulate God. You better be right before God. You better be humble before God. If you plan on living forever in eternity with him, you better be honest about who you are. What, 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 what are you hoping to gain by lying to the Holy Ghost? What are you hoping to gain by saying, God, that's not who I am. This is who I am. No, that's who you're pretending to be. God already knows who you are. All he needs you to do so he can work in your life is for you to be honest. As much as this pains me to say, God, because I, I wish I was somebody different. I've tried to be somebody different. I've put, I put the hair on my arms. I've created all the perfect meals and garnish them just, so, just right so that everybody around me will be pleased with what they see. I, I, I have tried my best to be what everybody wants. But God, when it's all said and done, I'm just Jacob. That's all he was waiting for you to say. Because now he can tell you who you really are. Your name is not Jacob. That's what man called you. That's what man labeled you. That's what, that's what man blessed you to be. That's not who you really, let me tell you who you really are. Your name is Israel because you are a prince who has power with God. A prince. 
prince who has power with man. You want power with man, Jacob? Is that what you want? You want power with man? Then stop trying to cheat your way into it. If you want real power with man, you first have to have power with God. you got to tell him, this is who I am. In today's service, if there were to be the same wrestling match, it would go something like this. You would come up out of your seat. You would come to this altar. You would wrestle with God and say, my name is Jacob. My name is Liar. It's true what they said. I've done this and I've done that. And I won't try to hide it from you anymore, God. And then you would repent. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me thoroughly from my sin. I turn from my wicked ways. And then we would baptize you into the waters, into the Jabbok River, in Jesus' name. And when you'd come up out of that water, you no longer would be liar. You no longer would be heel holder. You no longer would be deceiver or cheater or manipulator. Now you will be called pure, holy. Hallelujah, because Jesus is pure. Jesus is holy. And if you are baptized with Christ, you have put on Christ. And the Lord looked at him and said, you have power with God. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. 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 Hallelujah. Power to walk right. Power to talk right. Power to live right. Power to have joy. Power to be at peace. Power to be content. Hallelujah. Power to do justly. To love mercy. To walk humbly before my God. Power to be holy as he is holy. What do you want? you want the blessing of God? Or do you want the blessing of man? You could leave this place today and keep cheating and keep manipulating and keep deceiving and keep acting like something you're not. And man will keep blessing you and keep blessing you. But you'll never have peace. You'll never have joy. You'll never have everlasting life. But if you leave this place today different than when you came and said, God, I need your blessing. Everybody else can spit on you, mock you, jeer you, ridicule you, wound you, bruise you, chastise you, nail you to an old rugged cross. And you'll still rise again when the blessing of the Lord is upon you. I feel it right now. Somebody needs to reach out for it. Somebody needs to reach out for it right now. Somebody needs to reach out for it right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody ought to reach out for it right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody lift up your hands in this place. Lift up your hands in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord my God. Blessed be the name of the Lord, my God. Ooh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Come on, let's bless him right now. Let's bless him right now. Let's bless him right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's love him right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I bless you. I bless you. I bless your name. Hallelujah. Now I want you to stand with me. I'm going to share something with you. I'm going I'm to share something with you. I want to know how many people were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost in the last decade. Just raise your hand if you were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost the last decade. All right, God bless you. How many in the last 20 years? Keep your hands up. If you've got to shift arms, you can do that. I know. In the last 20 years, raise your hand. In the last 30 years, raise your hand. In the last 40 years, raise your hand. 
Last 50 years, raise your hands. Last 60 years? Let's just go for it. 70 years? 80 years? Hallelujah. How, how, how many in the next 15 minutes? tell you something folks even after you've experienced what Jacob experienced in the Jabbok River where he confessed his name received his name change received power Acts 238 there are some times where you might drift back into acting like Jacob anybody ever had that happen before here you know better you're full of the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus name and you're acting like you're still the cheater the liar that God made you delivered you from notice what happens in Genesis chapter 45 remember that in Jacob's life one of the greatest tragedies of his life was him being told that his son Joseph his prized son died they showed him a, a, a the color coat of many colors that he made for Joseph they dipped it in blood it was one of the cruelest deceits that any deceptions that anybody ever engaged in they, they, they played a trick on their father dipped that coat in blood showed it to their aging father and said he's dead dad cruel cruel and Jacob lived his life wallowing in the despair believing that his son was dead not knowing that his son was alive but in Genesis chapter 45 they, the sons of Jacob, after they had met and learned that Joseph was still alive, went up out of Egypt, came into the land of Canaan, unto Jacob, see he's drifted back, their father, and told him, saying, Joseph is yet alive. He is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart fainted. He's backslidden. He's gone back to what he was before the Jebuk River experience. Jacob's heart, his name was changed, but he still goes by what God delivered him from. Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. And they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said unto them. And when he saw the wagons, which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. And Israel said. It's enough. I wonder if there's somebody in this place that can have a revival in your spirit. And the Israel that God made you to be could shout out. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. It is. It is enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. I don't know who has drifted back into that person you were before God delivered you. But it's time for revival of the Spirit. And it's time for Israel to praise the Lord. Come on, all across this house, lift up your hands to him. Come on, we need a revival of the Spirit. We need a revival of the Spirit. Come on, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Stop wallowing in the despair of who God delivered you from. God delivered you from being that liar. God delivered you from being that fornicator. God delivered you from being that drug abuser. God delivered you from being that, that thief. God delivered you from being that hater. God delivered you from being that proud person. Come on, all across this house, all across this house. Let's praise him. Let's praise him in the name of Jesus. I'm making this altar open. I would love for somebody to come to the front of this house today and say, it's me, oh God. It's me, oh God, standing in the need of prayer. It's me. It's Jacob. I'm not going to hide who I am anymore. I need you. I need you. I need you. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. 
Things are made in my life to Christ. 